Zalmana, and you're listening to the Never Not Knitting Podcast. Hello, and welcome to episode 92 of the Never Not Knitting Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. In today's episode, I have a lot of exciting things to share, but first I'd like to announce the winner of last episode's drawing giveaway. Everyone who left a comment on my blog under the show notes for episode 91 was entered to win the November shipment of the August Bird Tea Time Yarn Club. I randomly chose between the comments left, and I'm happy to announce that the winner is Janice or Sock Monkey 628 on Ravelry. Congratulations, Janice. I'll be in touch with you shortly to work out the shipping details so that we can get this beautiful prize off in the mail to you right away. And thank you to everyone who participated in this giveaway. And remember, there'll be another one announced at the end of this episode, so be sure to keep trying if you haven't won one of our giveaways yet. So the last time I recorded, I spoke about my plans for a mystery knit-along. And I was really pleasantly surprised by how many of you took the time to write me and express interest in this idea. So thank you so much for that. I'm happy to say that the shawl pattern I designed for the knit along is now done. And it's now with my technical editor and graphic designer who are helping me format all of the charts, which is not an easy thing to do. So it may be a little while. It also needs to be test knit. So I'm hoping by the next episode I'll have more of a clear idea of the time frame that I'm working with and when I can start this knit along because I'm really excited about it and I think it'll be a lot of fun. I will tell you this about the shawl, however. It's quite large. When I finally blocked this thing out, I realized just why it took me so long to design. It's not a shawlette. It's really like a large, cozy wrap. It's also knit in a worsted weight yarn, and it's full of cables, leaves, and lace. I would consider it an intermediate project, but some of the chart changes will be more subtle from week to week. So once you get used to the first chart, the next few won't be a huge learning curve for you. I wanted to mention that for those of you who don't feel as confident with charts. So after finishing this ginormous shawl, I embarked on a new exciting project. For the past few months, I've kicked around the idea for a new book that I'm currently calling Baby Botanicals. Now, just how cute would it be if I downsized the sweaters from my Botanical Knits books to fit little ones? Super cute, right? I not only love the idea of matching sweaters for mom and baby, but I think that several of these designs would really lend themselves to being knit in a tiny little size. Also, my friend Courtney, who modeled for the Botanical Knits books, had her own baby girl last year, who is seriously one of the cutest babies I've ever seen. It's only fitting that her little girl models the baby botanicals patterns, right? That just makes sense. It's all coming together in my mind. So about a week ago, I got to work on the first tiny little sweater, and I started with my personal favorite from the Botanical Knits books. Well, one of my favorites. It's the Twigs and Willows cardigan. It was coming together fantastically and all going perfectly great until 
I came down with a sudden and acute case of starditis. You know what I'm talking about. While scanning knitting blogs, Ravelry, Instagram, and Pinterest, like one usually does, I kept coming across this adorable little sheep hat. I don't know how it's possible, but I feel like every day I would somehow see it again. I wasn't looking for it. It would just find me. I would think, my, that little sheep hat is adorable, but you know, never mind that. I have a lot of baby sweaters to knit. But that hat was persistent, let me tell you. I feel like every time I picked up my phone or sat down on my computer, it would just pop up out of nowhere to tempt me. And finally, I just said, forget it. So last Friday, as I was leaving the shop, I grabbed up two skeins of Quince & Company Osprey yarn in the colorways Honey and Storm and went home and cast on. And I didn't stop knitting until I had to, you know, take care of my family. But when I was done with all of that, I was back to my beloved sheep hat. And I pretty much knit every little chance I got and got that thing done the very next day. Now this is the bobble hat pattern, and that's B-A-A-B-L-E. And this pattern is seriously blowing up the internet right now. Understandably, because it's a free pattern, it's crazy adorable, and it is so addictive. This hat has a large ribbed brim and a row of fair isle sheep in a variety of sizes standing together in a little line, and it uses four colors of air and weight yarn. Now, as I've mentioned previously, I love knitting fair isle because it is so fun and rewarding. And after knitting a Fair Isle baby set for my cousin over the summer, I was desperate for another colorwork project, but I couldn't really decide on one. Until now. This hat just made me so happy to make. Since designing knitwear is my job, I probably have no business obsessively knitting a sheep hat at the moment, but these little indulgences are what really keep me passionate about knitting. So if you find yourself slogging through a project right now, or you just need a boost of motivation or inspiration, why not knit up this little hat? If you get addicted to it like me, which you will, you'll probably get it done in a 24-hour period. It's super quick and fun. So for the main colors of my hat, I used Quince and Company Osprey in the colorway Honey, which is that greenish gold that I absolutely love, and I use that for the bottom ribbing. And I also used Storm, which is kind of a blue-gray for the crown. The sheep themselves, however, I was able to use stash yarn for, which I'm always very excited to do. I had an old dark brown skein of Rowan Cocoon yarn that I used for the sheep's legs and faces, and a very special cream-colored natural wool for the sheep's fleece. And I've been looking for a way to use this wool for years now. I have a few special skeins that were given to me by a wonderful and thoughtful knitter when I was doing a book signing in New York a few years back. And this yarn is from a Long Island livestock company. And I learned from reading the tag that they offer award-winning fleeces and are committed to the well-being of their livestock. It's the cutest thing 
because there's a tag attached to the yarn with a picture of the sheep that the yarn was made from, and below is the tagline, Contributors. I love that, and I, I love this yarn. I love it so much, in fact, that I've hoarded it for years because I was so afraid of wasting it. I'm sure you've been there, right? I have a lot of yarn like that, actually. But now I've just used some of it to knit these adorable Fair Isle sheep, and it just feels right. In this episode, I have an exciting product line for knitters to share with you. But first, I'd like to tell you a little story. There's a woman named Sally Ann that I've known almost my entire life. When I was five, I became friends with her daughter, and her daughter later married my husband's brother, so I guess Sally's also sort of related to me. But anyways, growing up with this friend, I absolutely idolized her mom because she is single-handedly the most talented woman I have ever met in my entire life and probably the most talented woman I will ever meet. She's the type of woman who can take anything apart and somehow construct it back together and make it better. Over the years, I've seen her take down walls in her house by herself and put up new ones. I've seen her build and install her own cabinetry, uh, take apart her car and redo like the headliner seats and upholstery. Um, let's see here. I've seen her build sofas and chairs from scratch, fashion lamps with new parts, create and sew her own handmade wholesale clothing line for children. She's run her own shop in town featuring her handmade clothing. I've seen her do amazing things with upholstery, origami, painting, knitting and crochet, beading and jewelry. She's very well known for her talent in our area. In my small town, she's made wedding dresses or bridesmaid dresses for nearly everyone that I know. She designed and sewed the bridesmaids' dresses in my own wedding, in fact. This lady can do anything she sets her mind to. She works in our area as an in-demand interior designer, but she's just so much more than that. I have admired Sally's amazing talent all my life. Seriously, if anyone needs their own TV show, it is Sally Ann. I personally think she would blow any show on HGTV or the DIY network totally out of the water. She just has natural born talent. So when Sally came to my retail store when I was getting everything set up, I was intimidated but also really thrilled because she offered me her advice and suggestions, which I, which I of course listened intently. And she also let me borrow these beautiful antique furniture pieces that she had refinished and refashioned. And we got to talking. I told her about my plans for the store, how I wanted to keep my little retail section small and to use my limited space to focus on supporting the work of independent artists. It's at this point that I asked her if she, as an independent artist, 
might be interested in creating a few special pieces for my little shop. Maybe some pretty handmade stitch markers or something. Now that conversation definitely got the wheels turning. But being the master of all things creative, Sally didn't just make a few stitch markers for my little store, okay? Instead, she invented this fabulous line of stitch marker jewelry for knitters called Woolen Wire, with every little piece having its own specially designed clasp to hold a set of stitch markers. There are two styles of necklaces, a bracelet, a shawl pin, and a little fob that attaches to your scissors. Every piece is handmade from copper core wire dipped in 0.999 pure silver and holds up to seven stitch markers each. The markers themselves are really cute. They dangle like little decorative charms on each jewelry piece, and they're made from freshwater pearls and crystals. Of course, the markers can be easily removed at any time if you'd like to use them in your knitting, but they're also really, really pretty worn on the jewelry pieces. And that's what I really think is special about this line. Now I've seen some stitch marker necklaces and accessories in the past, maybe in different online shops or some catalogs, but the ones that I've seen are a little bit gimmicky. I'm honestly, they're maybe a little bit um, cheap looking. Nothing that I personally would choose to ever wear like as jewelry, like as part of an outfit. But the thing about wool and wire is that it is real jewelry. It's made out of high quality materials. It's hypoallergenic. This isn't something that's mass produced. Each piece is handmade. I started by putting this line of jewelry out in my own retail shop to see what would happen. And I was so happy to see how much knitters have responded to it. We had a really busy weekend during our local yarn crawl, and I can't tell you how many pieces of jewelry and stitch markers left with knitters over that weekend. The response was really, really nice, and I thought that that was really exciting. So since I've found myself in the distribution business as of late, I've taken on the task of making this special new line of jewelry for knitters available to other yarn shops as well. So if you'd like, you can look for or ask about wool and wire jewelry in the shop closest to you. We've also now just debuted the jewelry online for those of you who do not have a yarn shop locally. If you'd like to see the jewelry and see what it's all about, you can find pictures and more information on the website woolandwirejewelry.com. It's currently sold online on the NNK Press retail shop, which you'll find at nnkpress.com gifts. And I've also added it to the Never Not Knitting Etsy shop. Personally, my favorite piece in the line is a silver chain necklace. I've been wearing it a ton and have gotten a lot of compliments. It's an adjustable necklace, so you can either wear it shorter or longer but I really like the way it looks worn longer with lots of stitch markers added to it. It's really pretty. I should mention that each piece comes with one stitch marker attached and more stitch markers are sold separately in sets of three. The markers are created as one of a kind in a mixture of pearls, brass beads, and crystals in a neutral color palette. 
So styles and colors vary a little bit in each piece. But that's what I think makes it fun. If you wanted just to treat it like interchangeable jewelry, you could add or subtract different stitch markers every day for an entirely different look. I'm really excited about this jewelry line, and I'm so happy to be able to support a dear, talented, and deserving friend. And I hope that all of you guys like it too. I think that these pieces would make a beautiful gift for a knitting friend in your life, perhaps, or even a special treat for yourself. It's something that I really wanted to share with you listening, so I'm happy to say that Sally has kindly contributed a silver chain necklace from her wool and wire collection, along with two packages of stitch markers to this episode's drawing giveaway. So if you'd like to enter this, please leave a comment under the show notes of episode 92 on my blog at nevernotknitting.com. You'll have until November 15th to enter to win, and I'll be announcing the winner on the following episode. This episode's knitting story was contributed by podcast listener Kathy Trunick, and this is her story entitled Appreciating Helen. When my mother died in 1996, my father was devastated. Their 50 years together were happy and filled with love. So it came as a surprise in 1998 when my father started seeing a widow who lives in the same retirement community that he does. Of course, he never claimed this new woman could replace my mother. In fact, there were no plans at all for them to marry but they surely became an item in the complex where they lived. Daddy was wary of introducing this new development in his life, for he knew it would be a little difficult for his grown children to accept. My mother was petite. Helen is tall and big-boned. Mother was fun-loving, friendly, and interested in others. Helen is considerably outspoken and doesn't seem to care what other people think. Mother was born in an all-American Midwestern town not far from my father's family farm. Helen is French. My mother eagerly adapted her tongue to the Texas twang of their chosen place of retirement. Helen speaks English with a heavy foreign accent. Even though my father was completely taken by her, I was having a very difficult time finding some common ground. This is where knitting comes in. Years before meeting Helen, I had tried in vain to learn to knit. But once while visiting my dad, Helen invited us to her apartment for lunch. I was enthralled by the intricate patterns of framed needlepoint on the walls. Her own designs, she declared. Less complicated, but still delightful, were knitted dolls of various dress perched on the shelves. When I remarked on them, with pride, she began to open her closets to show me all her charity knitting. There were dolls and men's and women's vests and blankets and afghans, all knit for the less fortunate. It was obvious that this was a lifelong hobby. 
Hmm. I began to wonder if this might be a way to get closer to this strange woman my father loved so much. So I courageously asked Helen to please show me how to knit. She was delighted. She started right off with that slippery thumb cast on. Oh, how I struggled to keep it from unraveling. And continued, of course, with the continental method, which is very difficult for beginners as far as I'm concerned. But I persevered, and I showed greater interest than I felt in the acrylic rows of uneven stitches accumulating on the needles because they were drawing Helen and me together. Her teaching style was brusque, direct, no nonsense. At times I would fumble with the stitch and begin to feel frustrated. Her reaction to my difficulties was a flippant wave of the hand and a casual, Oh, it's easy, that made me feel small. But I would not give up. My father's happiness in seeing us bond was worth more than a little discomfort. For years, I have gotten on a plane from Boston to San Antonio to see my father. Every visit, Helen and I would find time to huddle together over our knitting. She witnessed my improved skills as the projects I brought along were of better yarn and more complicated patterns. She even began to brag about my work. We were no longer reluctant acquaintances. We had become knitting friends. When Helen reached 90, however, she began to show signs of dementia. Her acquired abilities and appreciation of handicrafts started to wane. Eventually, she did not remember her friends, including me. She doesn't know I'm a knitter or that she taught me the craft. She doesn't even know who made the lovely knitted dolls decorating the shelves of her room, the ones she bragged about almost 20 years ago. Her Alzheimer's has advanced to the point that she doesn't even remember my father. I am in San Antonio this week, but Daddy and I will not visit with Helen. He doesn't go see her anymore, although he says, She's still in here, as he points to his heart. As I sit and knit on my socks, I see her picture on display, and I reflect on what I've lost and gained. I will ever be grateful for their relationship, because if Daddy had never loved Helen, I may never have known the love of knitting. Thank you so much, Kathy, for sharing your story with all of us. I'll be providing a link to Kathy's Ravelry page in this episode's show notes if you'd like to pop on over and check out her work. For those of you listening who enjoyed Kathy's story and thought of a knitting story of your own, I invite you to please get in touch. I would love to hear your story and to possibly share it on a future podcast episode. I'm always looking for new stories to share. Well, everyone, that is it for episode 92. Thanks again for listening today, and I hope that you'll join me again next month for episode 93. 
As a reminder, the, the show notes for this episode and all episodes of Never Not Knitting can be found on my blog at nevernotknitting.com. I'm also over on Ravelry as Never Not Knitting, and if you'd like to get in touch with questions or comments, please email me at nevernotknitting at gmail.com. Until next time! She won't even do the dishes The house plants, they're all dead Yeah, her needles are a-clickin' From morning until she goes to bed She won't take the time to brush her teeth Let's not even talk about her hair If it isn't about knitting She just doesn't really care She's never not knitting And it's making her husband mad Her husband mad Pop ramen again She just won't stop the stitching and the neighbors say it really is quite sad. I don't know about her. She used to be such a sweet girl, but now she doesn't knit. Nobody has clean laundry. No pants, no shirts, no underwear. But they have closets full of sweaters. And more socks than they could ever wear. Yard in the fridge, in the cupboards, the bathtub and pantry. It's even in the washer and dryer. That's why she can't do any laundry. I need some clothes. She's never not knitting, and it's making her husband mad. Her husband mad. I'm finally for divorce. She just won't stop her stitching, and the neighbors say it's really getting bad. She's taking pictures of socks again. Oh, poor girl. The house is burning up in flames. Oh, 911. Her husband says, "Get up, let's go." But she can't set down her project. She says, just let me finish up this row. She's never not knitting. And it's making her husband mad. Her husband mad. She just won't stop her stitching. And, well, she's losing all she had.